This is the call for freedom. This is the call for your truest, most authentic self to step forward. This is the call to turn inward and face the darkness and the light that lives within. You're listening to the Divinity Unbridled Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Rose Childs. My mission is to awaken and inspire your truth from within. I'm bringing you real, unfiltered access to the cosmos and the underworld to the sacred union of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, and to the pathway home to the fullest parts of your soul. Get ready to go deep. Get ready to ignite your internal fire. Get ready to unleash your fullest self. It's time to step into the truth of who you are. I see you, and your soul is beaming. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Divinity Unbridled Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Rose Childs, and my guest today is very near and dear to my heart. She is my incredible coach who has supported me on this wild journey I have devoted myself to. She is the founder and leader of Essentially You Coaching, Mentorship, and Yoga, formerly known as Yogalicious, a delicious program of offerings that guide women back to the full essence of who they are. Her joy, passion, and unique ability to see the spark in everyone allows her to connect, support, and play with women in the journey of reclaiming all that they are and changing the narrative of how they show up in life with love for themselves. Her vibrant aliveness inspires others to invite every moment in life to be a ritualistic offering to ourselves and the world. She has studied somatic body intelligence coaching, personal coaching and rituals, and holds several yoga certifications. She has a beautiful story that led her to her soul work, and I'm so excited to dive into all of it with her. With all of that, welcome Melanie Elkin. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I feel I'm tearing up over here. Mm. Hand on my heart. So happy to be here. So happy to have you here. (laughs) Yeah. It's really fun to get to be here with you in your expression and how you've expanded into you over the past couple years since I've known you so this feels like on so many levels such a gem to be here I feel the same way I feel it in my belly yeah <laughs> hand on my belly right now <laughs> tears in my eyes chills in my body love it yeah well you have uh, quite the story and I didn't want to go into too much of that in the bio because I really would love to hear mm. that expression from you and that goes back into starting in childhood. I'd love to go back in history a little bit and hear what, if there were some pivotal moments or things that stand out in your childhood that really kind of directed you to the path that you have yeah. reclaimed and claimed yourself on today. Yeah, okay. Wow, there's so many, as you know, there's so many layers I could go with that. I will do my best to pull out what I feel is pivotal for, for everyone listening. I I feel like I came out of the womb a very expressive kid and baby even. I uh, I love to play. I have a zest for life. I've always, as far as my cognitive awareness, I've always experienced myself as a really sensitive person, someone that really could sense and feel pretty deeply. And 
I remember though getting cues in little subtle ways and I love my parents I have no I love them just like hand on my heart yes and from even family of origin stuff society culture uh, getting cues that of that idea of don't be too sensitive you're too much tone it down a little bit uh pause so I feel like there was cues very early on of somehow something in me was not okay that there was something wrong there was the internal message that I felt even if that wasn't said that internal message of there is something wrong with you and I also happen to have a body that is not necessarily fits into the one-size-fits-all societal standards and much more of a luscious curvy delicious body in that way and I really felt that very early on that my body was not okay either that to be loved and really feel loved in the world and accepted and belonged and all that sort of thing that I needed to have a body that looked a certain way that I would look in the mirror at five and not see that um, I've had my yummy cheeks and my luscious thighs and there's a couple pivotal moments I remember so on my journey to where we are today I remember my parents putting me into a ballet class at five and I still have this very distinct memory which is so random to me that as a, as a five-year-old I still can see myself in the ballet studio looking in front of the mirror and we had this dressing room that was also there was a dressing room and there was a mirror in there and there was a couple other girls that were getting dressed with me and I was putting on my ballet tights and I remember one of the girls in there commenting on how large my thighs were. And she, I don't think she did it in a way where she was trying to be nasty or mean or rude or anything. She was just like, hey, wow, you have big legs or something like that. I'm now making this up of what exactly she said, but something in that, in that capacity. And I feel like that plus so many other cues I got from my grandma and my mom about food and body and having it to be a certain way started to develop into uh, an insecurity in myself, a sense of of not feeling okay and and I'm taking a breath like not feeling like I could fully be myself and so that led into uh, moving from a very expressive kid as I would do little theater performances on the fireplace with my musical theater and very expressive. I'm very large and big in my energy. I went from that to starting to become more shy and reserved and I can feel warmth in my body as I say that and feeling like I started to put, um, I started to hide really. And that led to an eventual first bout of anorexia when I was very young, when I was about 11, 12 years old. And then that, uh, I recovered and I, for those of you that are listening, I'm doing air quotes. I recovered. I got the best treatment that I could get at that time as a 12 year old mind to try to understand why the eating disorder developed in the first place. Cause it's never about the food. It's never really about that. It's about something deeper. Uh, I felt like I could function then from about 12 to 18. Then I went to college at UCSB and I was 17 years old, left home for the very first time, an only child. And I come into the land of, I mean, I'll just be real with you, of the beautiful people in my perception of, and that I wasn't somehow part of that. That again, it hit up on all those things of, I don't belong, I don't, I have really deep feelings and no one else is talking about those. I feel like I don't, 
I don't see myself. There wasn't a lot of diversity in that sense of body shapes and sizes. I didn't really see myself in a lot of the world around me. And so it hit on all those pieces again of I don't belong, I'm not good enough, uh, I'm too much, uh, am I really gonna be seen as me? Am I really gonna get the love I need and desire? And so that hit up on another bout of anorexia, which to that point led me to a very big turning point, which is where I, why I'm sharing this because I feel like it's what brought me here today. You and I even having this conversation is it, it was a moment where I had to be rushed to the emergency room, put on IVs, and it was, I'm getting the chills in my body, this very pivotal moment of if I keep doing this, and I can feel emotion as I say that, if I keep doing this, then I'm not going to be here in I don't know how long. I'm not going to be here. And so what do I choose? And we talk a lot about soul and essence and expression. And I feel like I did not really have language for that at that time. I don't feel like I did not have language for that at that time. And I remember very distinctly sitting in the hospital, being put on IVs, and then later that night with my mom in, my, in her bed. And there was something very quiet that came in. It was very quiet. It was like a grain of rice. And it said, you, you got to take a new choice. This is, you're meant to continue. There's, don't keep doing this, Mel. And I would call that voice my soul, my essence, the, the, the one in me that's always known, the one in me that has always been there even when it got covered up by so many things. And that was what led me to really my healing path. I checked myself into a, a hospital, UCLA Medical. They, they had a great program at that time. They might still. And it saved my life, really. Like, it got me here. And yet, I knew that there was more than just the Western medicine model. Like, it got me back up on my weight. My blood pressure got back up. Vitals were <laughs> in working order. Yet the I Physical knew, health. Exactly. Physical back. health. That's yeah. Yes. Physical health was back up to whatever quote-unquote standard, whatever that even means anyways, because honestly, I think that's all pretty, not all of it. I don't want to say that. Some of it's BS anyways. Yeah. Old standards, old paradigm. It did, though, get me back into a physical health. And yet I felt like there was still something missing. And to me, that missing piece, even through all the therapy and all the work I had done, and I mean, I've been in therapy since I was 12, I felt like I hadn't really still quite gotten to the core of why. why. Why did it come out? Why did my misalignment with self, why did my denial of self, why did my abandonment of self, because really that's what a lot of that was. Why did, why, you know, why did it come out in the food? What was the deeper, deeper piece of that? And in to sum it up, because we could be here for another five hours. Very <laughs> for, happily. Yes, very happily, which I feel stoked about is, through then finding yoga as a big pivotal turning point. And my coach in North Carolina now, she, she lived at New York at the time, um, finding ritual and women's embodiment practices and then finding my mentors on the path of body intelligence and really learning how to get in my body and, and so many other things. And then also I've been doing some amazing healing work over the past year to get the, to those last little like chunky nuggets layers. The core of it was why all that came up was, and so much denial, abandonment of self was this questioning of, do I even exist? And feeling like I had to prove my existence. The existence of me as a, as a soul, not just as a human, although human entity is part of that too. 
So that, I mean, yes, it was about control. Yes, it was about not being seen and feeling like I needed to be loved. Yes, it was about uh, all those pieces, feeling too much, not good enough. Yes, those were definitely underneath the layers. At the core of it, though, I feel like I've gotten to more. And who knows, maybe there's more. And I feel, though, this is like the juicy center of the of the donut. <laughs> I love food, so we can talk about food, food, food <laughs> metaphors. Is this, like... I, this feeling of that I had to prove my existence. That just me being me was somehow not okay and not enough. And so that's where we've gotten today. And I'm, so, you know, because I get to work with you and I feel so grateful and blessed that I, how we're talking now is how I talk when I'm in my car, is how I talk with my boyfriend, is how I am with my clients. To me, it's about really living from my true nature wherever I am. And I'm super passionate about guiding women into their full expression and not just through their voice, through their acknowledgement that there is a self, that their their acknowledgement of their unique creative expression that is meant to thrive in their in and through their bodies and in and through their their expression in the world, through the voice of their body, through the voice of their soul, through the voice of their physical talking expression. So I'm happy to go on more questions. I could keep definitely talking more about it, but I feel like I'll I'll pause there for now. Well, I'd love to talk more about that abandonment of self because I feel like in my experience for me, we have a different different call, different story, and yet that is a commonality that you and I share. And I think it's something that so many people experience whether they're conscious of it or not it's that I'm not okay how I am and Mm -hmm. so I'm going to leave myself yeah and I'm going to in quotes be something else that is more Mm -hmm. accepted that is more aligned with what other people want me to be or want me to say or do and we don't realize that when we do that it it's telling our own self even deeper that we are not enough Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. And how it's, there's so many layers and it's not a one size fits all process. So what are some, some questions that we can ask ourselves or things that people can start to uh, notice in themselves to see where are we, where are we leaving ourselves? Where Mm -hmm. are we showing up for ourselves? Mm -hmm. And where does, where do those lines get blurred and crossed? Yeah. That's a great question. I'm going to just sit with that for a moment because I feel like there's like such a a juicy layered cake. Uh, Well, I can share some of what I've noticed in myself and then with others. First of what are some of the signs and symptoms of abandonment of self so that whoever's listening right now, yay, come into our journey. Uh, (laughs) Please join us. Please join us, yes. Uh, However's listening and you're listening, yeah, just ways to start to get curious about that. And something I want to say to the listener, whoever's listening to us right now is as I'm sharing some of these pieces to really bring it in from a perspective of getting curious about rather than making judgments of, because that's actually right there. One sign and symptom, one sign and symptom to me of leaving myself and what I've seen historic historically over the decade that I've been doing this work is judging the self. Intense judgment, judgment, criticism, terrible words, and being hard on ourselves 
And we do that in so many so ways. Many ways. In so many ways. A lot of times I found for me personally, for so many years, it felt like more of something that I would, it was a battle inside myself. It wasn't as much I said it out loud. It was such an internal piece where I would, one sign and symptom to me of abandoning self was that I'd have a conversation or a connection with someone and then I'd go home and I'd ruminate on it and I'd question myself and I doubt myself and I say oh I should have said that or I should have said and it's like and then in that moment I'm actually not even present to myself I'm not even there it's almost like you're well we said leaving yourself but it's almost like you exit your own being your own essence and you're looking at yourself from an outsider view totally separate from absolutely your own being absolutely and also this feeling for me of of uh it's not even me talking anymore. Like the me that is me. Because I really believe, like my fierce belief is that, and and I don't just say belief in my head, in my body, my hands, my heart right now, is that no essential part of ourselves would say, you're an asshole. I hope that I can cuss on this. Yeah, you, okay, can, great. you can say whatever you want. <laughs> we have Fuck no rules yes. here. Right. <laughs> I, I, I really feel in my heart, in my being, in my blood, in my pulse that... No essential part of us would say these nasty things. They're, they're usually things we've heard over time, conditions, ideas, little kids scripts that came in very early on that said, oh, when I did that thing, that's the response I got, so it must be that. And then there wasn't any mirroring that said otherwise. There wasn't a, a parent or someone to say, no, 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 baby, that's not, that's, that's, doesn't mean that about you. So I feel like the abandonment of self signs and symptoms of that intense judgment false self coming in taking almost taking over in a sense or covering up the essential wisdom how that looks can be very different for lots of people for me it would feel it feels like it has felt like uh, a constriction a hard to breathe foggy i feel more entrapped there's a sense of containment I can feel I'm, I'm abandoning self when there's some part of me that's containing myself. There's a difference to me between using my energy and, and moving in a particular direction and I don't need to be completely off my rocker either and where I feel like there's a sense of constraint or, or containment I feel like is a, a way that we abandon ourselves. I think a way we abandon ourselves can also look like along the lines of judgment and criticism of, of that intense fear belief that says I'm not enough I'm not doing enough it can show up as overworking over busifying I like that word I don't know if it's even an English we like dictionary. to make up a lot yes, of words over busifying <laughs> uh saying yes when you really mean no that's a big one I get the chills I see that a lot and I it's still an edge for me I would say majority of my life I I'm very clear about what I really have a yes to and what I have a no to on both ends of it to say yes to the things I also really love. And even sometimes get that little, oh, oh, and I feel like that's a way that we can abandon ourselves or at least that I have. And I've seen historically over time for so many women that I work with, I work with hundreds of women, that is a big one of abandonment of self. It's a people pleaser. Uh, People pleaser, perfectionist, getting out of sync with your cycles and your rhythms, meaning feeling like there's a story there that says, and maybe you can relate if you're listening, the story that says, uh, 
I have to always be on. I have to keep going in order to whatever, fill in the blank, in order to be good, in order to get it done, in order to be loved, in order to et cetera, et cetera. And that was a very clear way that I feel I abandon myself and I see so many women doing so. And I'm using the word women, but really it's people. And because I work with women, so that's my majority. That this this sense of getting out of rhythm with our own natural ebbs and flows. Just like nature, there's winter. Winter is required and needed. I don't know very many people that would walk outside, well, maybe, you know, it's like, oh, it's a bummer, it's cold in Santa Barbara. Okay, yes. Like, <laughs> we're not gonna 55 like, and yeah, chilly. <laughs> exactly. And most of the time, I imagine I make up that you're not gonna walk out and go to the tree and say, why are you hibernating? It's time to, it's time time to, to grow. Yeah. That we respect nature and its cycles, and yet we forget that we're also very interconnected. You and I were just talking about this before we started this podcast, that we're so interconnected to nature, and that we also require rest and slowing down and softening and just being. So I, I really feel some of the ways that we abandon self is by pushing past those natural lines of where we need to rest and be pause and release and get quiet and grieve when we need to grieve. And another way we abandon self is denying feelings, mm-hmm. denying emotions. Especially the ones that are in quotes, always in quotes, negative yeah. or uncomfortable or frowned upon. It's like exactly. live and be happy, be joyous, be grateful, be yes. all of the things that feel good exactly the way that we're supposed to feel when I first started my my spiritual journey I uh back a decade ago I really thought that <laughs> I went to my first yoga teacher training and I said okay so after this eight day training I'm gonna be like I, I will never have a negative thought again and everything's supposed to be good and I'm always supposed to be happy it's like no that's not good luck with that one <laughs> that's that's well, that goes back into the old paradigm yeah this idea that somehow I have to be a certain way in order to be okay or to be loved, to be enough, to all those things. And I feel like when we get so caught in those grips, which being compassionate with self, because we all have our own versions of what, those are really just fears, not just, but they are fears. When we get so caught in the grip of it, it's hard to see the way through. And that's so much of the work I do to help start to unwind that and see what's really underneath that. So whoever's listening the first step I would say is to first just turn, not just to turn towards and get curious about from a place of utmost compassion, where am I leaving myself? Yeah. And these are some of the signs and symptoms that can let me know that where I don't really feel here, where I've left myself somehow in whether it's a behavior, a symptom, a expression. And then to have utmost compassion first, hand on heart, wow, kissing self, I've been doing that. Okay. Care, love of self of that. Not, oh my gosh, what's Again. wrong with you? Yeah. That that's just feeding the same BS. Yeah. And and then there's new choices that can happen. To me, it's first about facing, turning towards, recognizing where the mechanism came from. Not just changing the behavior. That's where I feel having guidance, coaching, whatever it is that whoever someone chooses that's why I think it's so important because it's it's going back to my eating disorder it was never about the food right it came out in the food that happened to be my choice of abandonment 
and or utmost rigidity and restriction and and denial and neglect and it was never really about the food so it's about really starting to see where okay then let's explore where where did what needs to be loved inside what needs to be released let's get to the root of it let's get to the core I could keep going for hours on this. I love well, this I, stuff so I, much. I'm smiling because I don't know if I share this specific piece, but I have a very clear moment that I remember feeling my soul for the first time. Mm. And for anyone who's been following my journey, um, mostly on social media, there, there's a very distinct point in time last year that things just sort of exploded yeah. out. And... I remember, I, de- I definitely didn't have an e- eating disorder, but I have struggled, as many women, with body image throughout my life and teenager. And I have a very, um, in quotes, what we would say is like the tip, like standardized, beautiful body. And I still struggle with that. And I, I did a lot of um, like bodybuilding and counted my macros and like I said, I wouldn't describe it as an eating disorder, but it was certainly not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of that body judgment. And last year, it was around, it was in May. I remember I started hearing my own soul for the first time. And then I felt her. And I felt her in my in my body. And I felt the expansion of her essence around my body. And that was, that was a huge turning point where I went in that moment from the self-judgment of body oh, you look, you look pudgy today. You look, whatever the story was, to, mm-hmm. wow, what a gift that I have this healthy, beautiful, amazing body that can hold my whole essence. Yes. And that was such a distinct moment of all of this work that you know I have done and you have helped me do over the last couple of years where all it just clicked. Yes. It was like, oh, here are all of the ways I have been leaving my soul by telling her and my body that they're not okay as they are. Exactly. And so my wish is that everyone can have some moment where they can really feel, not yes. just in their head, not just of course I'm okay, I'm and I'm loved, and I love myself, and I'm beautiful. Yeah. But really to feel it in the deepest, yep. truest parts. Exactly. And I think that goes into, you and I talk a lot about self-love. It's Valentine's week. Yeah, yeah. And self-love and self-care, and it's so important, and it's also become quite trendy which in some ways I think is really amazing that it's becoming more mainstream because more people are having access to pieces of it and I find myself struggling with it sometimes because it does live so much on the surface in that mainstream area mm-hmm. so I'd love to talk about like what is self what does self-love mean to you what is self-care what is soul care yeah and how do you how do you support women in nurturing that for themselves Mm -hmm. okay this one is my this is my catnip (laughs) (laughs) i uh yeah we've talked you and you and i have connected quite a bit about this piece and i want to reflect first your 
those of you that are not here present with us, which is everyone, <laughs> other than you are present with us as you're hearing this, I, you were touching your body and really feeling that it wasn't just a concept. You were feeling your body. And that is, to me, the missing link that I find happens so often in the world of self-love, self-care, all that piece of uh, more focused on affirmations rather than a direct feeling sense of. And that's where I feel like the deeper healing work is so important. And to answer your question about self-care, self-love, those pieces, I feel like affirmations are great. I'm not knocking it. Massages are great. Getting a pedicure is great. Going to yoga is great. To me, though, if we just leave it at check those things off our list and I'll love myself, then it, in my experience, doesn't get fully embodied as what is mean doesn't get the, the, the what that doesn't get fully embodied is then the real felt direct experience of self-love, self-care. To me, self-love and self-care is an ongoing practice that's happening moment to moment to moment. It's happening right now as you and I are connecting. Self-care is taking a breath, is having a moment of pause, is self-love is in this very moment, even if I say something that sounds totally crazy or random, that I have love and care for myself, that I don't go into the, the negative voices and beliefs, although if I do, then I come back to self. Self-love, self-care to me is happening all the time. And one of the things I coach out really with my private clients, my circles, my retreats, is that it is important to have a practice because if we don't have a practice, then we're just continuing to go in the loop of the autopilot and the going, 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 and we're not creating space to get present to ourselves and to be with ourselves. To me, the practices are important, having a morning practice, or if that doesn't work for you, an evening practice, or an afternoon practice, something that creates... Or if you're me, you have a five-time-a-day practice because yeah, you can't get through the day, day without Exactly. It. Yeah, so there's a range of it. And so it's important to have a practice because we live in a world where, in my experience, we live in a culture where there's a lot of doing and a lot of... We were just talking about this a few minutes ago, a lot of fast-pacedness. So we do need space and time to pause. But to me, self-love then and self-care is about creating that space, number one. So whatever you then do in that space is you get to create that. There isn't one utmost thing that says, if I do this, then I will care for myself. If I do this, then I will love myself. To me, it's about first and foremost, creating a space even. And not just any space, a space to, to care for yourself, to listen to yourself, to be with yourself from a place of, wow, wow, I'm a magnificent animal, wow, and have that space, then to me, that is a doorway and a pathway into that ongoing practice. It doesn't just end there. Right. It well, to me, it's like, to me, it's in my deepening of it, it's a devotion to self. Exactly. Which can't happen without that space. Yes. Whatever I use the space for, it's a, it's a devotion to not just not abandoning, but to opening and to showing up for myself exactly in whatever she needs in every single moment snap it out aho yes 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 100 percent. yes it is 
to me at the core of self-care self-love it's about going back to the abandonment piece turning towards yourself no matter what and it is important to have like i said important to have space and practice because if we just keep going in the rhythm of the daily and then i'm gonna get the kids and then i'm gonna go we don't have then a space to really listen but then to me it cannot end there well it could and I feel like so often that's where it ends for most people, which there's no judgment there. That's what I think we're being taught and consumerism is showing us in so many ways. And yet I feel like, no, then self-care is when I'm in the car and I have a moment of panic because something's happening around me or there's traffic and I just want to get home and I take a breath. Mm. Or self-care is when I'm feeling disconnected from my partner and self-love is too, I'm going hand in hand with yeah. both these terms. Self-care, self-love is also when I'm having a moment of disconnect from my partner and rather than turning away from myself and him, I turn towards and I express and I say, hey, I'm feeling disconnected. Self-care, self-love is in feeling like there's so much overwhelm in, in a moment of, I feel like there's so many things, da, 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 I'm in the busy, if that's what I get caught in, I meaning you, anyone listening, and to say, no, I'm, I, I'm gonna pause now, I'm gonna stop. But we do need to create a space to be able, even be able to learn how to listen to those cues. Right, you can't hear them when it's, yes. you're in the, yes. uh, the high, pace fast pace all the time society of all the things we have to do and get done so that's why i feel it's so of value to have a self-care we call soul care practice to have a place where we start to really learn those body cues of what is in alignment and what's not of how to care for self and and really be with self no matter where we are and that to me then is what carries forth every day all day long i'm actually uh sending out a a self-care blog this week that I Ooh. wrote a year ago, a self a self love one. Okay, and, we'll link that in the sh- we'll link the website it. or whatever we need to do in the yes. show notes so that anyone who wants to that would be great. Read that can yeah, find it. and I write about self love is not something you consume. Mm. It goes back to that piece of if we're just seeing self love and self care as something we consume and something we check off our list. I feel like it goes back to the it's in the same paradigm as. Let me do all these things and then I'll be good. Rather than let me create some space for myself so I can really support myself and I can be good from wherever I am. It's more of an internal shaping of your life rather than imposing all these ideas and beliefs onto yourself that you live from. Yeah, and that goes, I mean, that feels true to me for men and women. 100%. And as women we have learned to live a particular way that is not really in alignment with the feminine flow. And you and I talk a lot about that, especially because like in the work that we do together, because I have these two businesses that have a lot of things that have to get done. And how do I create space? Like the last five weeks I just took off for just like to be still, I would have never, ever, thought that I could do that and 
what are some sort of entry points to connecting back? Because there's so many, there's so much noise about connect to the moon, connect to the seasons, connect to the your you know your moon cycle, all of the all of these pieces, and sometimes that's just adding more things to the list of to study to to check off. Agree. So, what are some kind of entry points to create the space and then start to nurture that feminine, sensual, curious? fluidity that is really the essence of mm-hmm. who we are so great. that it can support yes us in our lives love it that's a great question I would also love if we can link I wrote another uh, article whatever you want to call it blog at the beginning of the year around New Year's resolutions and how I don't buy into that and I talk a lot actually about how do I even then create a space for myself because I don't want to go from a place of of the old paradigm and I have to and I should and all those sort of things and I also though know I need to and so how do I do that in a feminine loving caring kind intuitive way yeah I'll speak on I was gonna say on the call (laughs) I'll speak on on I'll riff on this a bit right now and then whoever's interested can if we can link it yes for sure they can they can read this my first toss when I say toss, I mean toss in a ball suggestion. My first toss would be first coming back to how do I want to feel? So take out all the the forms, the meditation, the yoga, what should I do, all that stuff. Come right, First come connect to how do I want to feel? I want to feel free. I want to feel ease. I want to feel connected. I want to feel happy. I want to feel intuitive, sensitive, whatever it is, how you want to feel. That to me is the foundation. That isn't, that's a pathway that, as, as you ask, like that's a doorway to me, that's a gateway in. And then from how I want to feel, it is good to, and this is where I think having support is helpful because sometimes we can't see our blind spots. Then it's good to look at, okay, so what are some of the stories that I tell myself that may be conditions to feeling that way. So to first get curious, then not first, to then get curious about, okay. And then to look at them, if you're going to do this on your own, you could just go, okay, there, okay, yep, there's that story that says, no, but everyone's needs are more important than mine. Or I have to check all these things off before I can feel. I hear that one a lot. The when I, or that when I get there, then I can. Once I finish all of these things, then I'll have space. And let me tell you, sisters or brothers or whoever, people who's listening, yeah, there's always going to be more. So it's good to to name and call out. Oftentimes we don't sit there and do that. We just think there's something wrong with us because we're not creating space. No, there's nothing wrong with you because you didn't create space. There's usually a deeper mechanism that is working there that is, is not allowing that then you're not allowing yourself to create the space. So I feel it's good to acknowledge and turn towards, okay, what stories am I telling myself about this feeling? What conditions and limits have I put on me feeling free or me feeling connected? Then from there, if I were to work with a client, we would work through some of those limitations and beliefs and that sort of thing. And I feel like just naming them in and of itself is a powerful practice. Then from there to get curious of, okay, so knowing how I want to feel and knowing what can get in the way of that or cover that up, 
Okay, I'm aware of that. I turn toward that side, breathe. What do I really want? So then ask yourself that question. I've had hundreds of phone calls with women when they're first initially wanting to start working with me in some way. And they're wanting to work with me because there's some part of them that feels a longing and something's missing and they want that connection to themselves. And I will ask on that call, what do you want? And that question tends to be the hardest question for people to answer. I find that is because at least for me, I wasn't often asked at the, I'm not just talking about what do you want? You want a car, you want money in the bank, all those sort of things. Those are great. The deeper want. We're often not asked and connected to in society from that place of that deeper longing. And I'm pointing to my belly button because it's that very sense of self core thing. So I would say for anyone that's listening to ask yourself from like from your belly, from your heart, what do I really want? What, what is going to support me truly in feeling free? And then letting the practice come from that place. Rather than, I'm going to meditate so I can feel happy. It's, I want to feel happy and free. What gets in the way of that? And then asking, clear on that, then asking, okay, well then what do I really want? What's going to support really my feeling of that? okay, yes, I, I, I like the idea of sitting and pausing or I'm going to go for a nature walk or I'm going to go to the beach and let the waves influence me and support me or I'm going to go brush my hair because that feels really luxurious to have a touch or I'm going to lay in a bath or then the, the practices themselves can develop. I feel like the practices themselves are the easiest thing. Right. And I'm not trying to minimize or say anything Sometimes that's actually the hardest thing for people to just get to. But I, I feel like the idea of what we could do is the easiest thing. It's the things that get in the way of getting there. Yeah, and as you're talking, like I can feel my whole being lighting up because it takes <laughs> a lot of courage to ask yourself what you really want and to follow the breadcrumbs. Like for my practice, you ask that every... We, we see each other every couple of weeks and you have a form that we fill out before we come just so we can, we're in connection a lot more, but just so we can almost like name some of the things that are happening. And you always ask, what are, what are the three things that you most want? And to be okay with it changing and to getting deeper and to really saying yes to the things that, that we really want because sometimes they are not in alignment with what we think we should want or what the way that our life is set up or as it is. It, you know, they can be kind of scary uh, to turn towards not just what we want, but what we feel as we get deeper into these pieces. Yes. I love that you just spoke that and I can feel, again, I can feel you so beautifully feeling yourself in that. It is that shift of, in I'm, I'm an internal resource. I'm sourcing from within. I'm allowing the, the form to come from my internal resource, my internal knowing. And it's very courageous to follow that. Very courageous. And that the practice can shift and evolve as you shift and evolve. Right. That it's, yes, I could say a lot more. And... Yeah, and I think what you were saying about the internal wisdom and it's something that you, I feel like you're teaching and the way that you coach is really 
it's not from an outsider mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm seeing this happening in you and I think you should do XYZ or here's my opinions. It's, it's okay, so what are you noticing in yourself? What is that bringing up? What are, what are all the things that are coming, coming out from the inside? And then what is the wisdom that's living inside of you? And I think that is, from my perspective, just as a whole, where we're going to start to see a real shift in the way that we are taught, the way that we show up in the world, the way the world hopefully shows up for us is that we are all our own teachers and our own guides and that having someone who can hold a container and support us is really, really beneficial yes. and that all of it yes. truly, truly lives within us and we're all going to have different things that we have to peel back and face and turn towards but at the core we are all our own teachers absolutely we're uh, yes I'm so glad you said that because that's my mission is that we already I believe anyone that comes into my door when I say door I mean you know anyone that comes to work with me or has that that desire that they're already whole capable and complete so you when you walked in when we connected two years ago already whole, capable, and complete. And my vision is that as a holder, like you said, as a guide, because we do need someone to help shine the light, to help hold, to like the midwife, the, the doula, we need that that support to birth. Yeah, and to hold your and hand hold. when you're Absolutely. facing something that is really uncomfortable. Exactly. And that my deep felt importance of this work is that I support women in feeling empowered in themselves to really know their own bodies, their own agency, that, that it is about going, when you're not sure, to go here, and I'm pointing at my heart, to go into, into my body, to go into my sense of knowing. That is so important because I will tell you, people come to me, I say, I just want you to know, if you're looking for someone to just tell you what to do, or if you're looking for a goal coach, I am not that person. That is not my that is not going to empower you in the end it will just enable you and then you'll just always need me i want to be someone that supports you in really coming home to the truth of who you are that's always been there it's always been there and we do though we do need like someone to hold our hand support help us see what we can't see in our blind spot and help us direct back home to peel back what's always been there it's always there when someone comes to me, their essence is always there. It's not like we have to go find it. I, I, I love that one of, I got to find myself or uh, I I got to go get that thing out there. And I'm, no, 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 like you're already here. Yeah, you don't need to go find yourself. Yeah. There's no pieces that, of you that are missing. Yeah, exactly. Or, or I'm, I'm lost. I get that you feel lost. Like that I totally get. And that that is a feeling that a lot of people feel of, I feel lost, which to me, the the deeper of that is, or the deeper message of that is, I feel disconnected. There's some part of me that I feel I'm not connected to, some deeper part of me. that So that can look like and feel like I'm lost. Really though, the, tr- the truth of us is never really lost, I feel. It can get covered up by a tremendous amount of you know, trauma, um, messages. I mean, there's like real shit that happens and it's real and we wanna acknowledge it. We don't wanna make that wrong. But then what happens is then we're adults or we're older and we still are living from that place and we have all this stuff that's covered up well and that's i think the where the, of... having the coach or the guide or someone like you and i we do we have done a lot of 
the kind of child pieces of, okay, well, that's what you're feeling. Where did that begin? And for me, and I imagine it's probably true for many people, is that it began when I was little. And I had a beautiful childhood. I don't have any... Me too. Like, in quotes, trauma or things that were tragically... I don't know. I mean, my dad died when I was seven, but it wasn't... It's traumatic. It wasn't this... The story that I told myself was that my life, my childhood was quite close to perfect, and so I shouldn't have these pieces yes. that were still affecting me. Mm-hmm. And that's a way of abandoning. It is. And instead of turning toward and, and holding and facing that child self in that moment, yes. same thing as your what you were talking about with your five-year-old self in ballet. Yeah. You know, it's like that could have been nothing and it's a clear moment in time that shifted something. And we don't often, I think you're very clear about what that was, but I I think a lot of us don't know. We don't remember. Exactly. And the cool thing is, and we've talked about this, is that we don't even need to remember in order to heal it, in order to shift it. Because it's so much of it. That's why I love the body somatic work, which means getting in and through the body. I feel like that's why I love that so much is because we can move it through our body and we don't even have to understand it. Right. And if we need to understand anything, we will. And there, there can be clarity is healing too. And we don't have to remember in order to heal. Right. And I love what you just said too. I was just texting with a client over last week and she's been doing such amazing work similar to you and just all my clients in coming home to herself and really feeling that connection. And she also had a really great childhood and nothing to really like write like big events in, in that happening. And if you have had big events, that's also something to honor and acknowledge. You know, I don't want to make that light of that. But I think a lot of people won't step into this work because they think they haven't had something significant to. Right. And or like that I shouldn't be feeling her, her text me was like, I, I'm having that voice that says like I shouldn't even say any of this stuff because I really actually had I got what I needed. Like my needs were met. It's like, yes. And you're not making light of anyone that has had that. You're acknowledging that that's big and, and important, but also you get to have your experience too. Right. It's you not a comparison. Your, no, in it's any, not. It's like in any, any form. form. Yeah. Yes. And you know me, and I feel like it's important to say this, the way that I really work is, is a, each individual is uniquely coming into my room or connecting on Zoom or whatever we're up to. And the way I work with you, maybe I'll bring in similar practices, yet there's a unique history that is there that we're working with. It's not just this cookie cutter, everybody is the same, da, 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 da. We all have our own unique story and what got us to this place we're at. We thank ourselves because we got ourselves here and then we can make new choices. Yeah, and so it's a real opportunity to be able to have the, the space that we are creating, I feel like, as the world begins to wake up a little bit more to what's living inside of us. And waking up is means something different to everyone, but it really, to me, it's, it's waking up to our internal, our own wisdom, our own being, our own knowing, and following it, having the courage to follow it. Yes, yes, because it's one thing to wake up to it, and then it's another to actually take the action in it. Right. And... That can be, like you said earlier, and we've talked about the breadcrumbs, that can be breadcrumb by breadcrumb by breadcrumb by breadcrumb. And if we go back to your question about self-love, 
to me, everything we're saying right now, that's also, that's an expression of self-love. Yeah, and honoring that we are not, it's not, we're never going to just arrive into a state of self-love. It's an ongoing practice and deepening. And for me, like I said, devotion to self. Exactly. I'm kissing besos in the air. Yes. Bella, bella. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm in Italy. I'm channeling Italy. Let's go back. (laughs) Yes, please. Well, I am so grateful for you. You came into my life at a very pivotal time for me and it was so divinely choreographed. Um, I know we both felt it just in that moment and I'm so grateful for you for the work you're doing with me, for other women and for anyone who's listening who wants to connect with you uh, because you do groups, you do privates, you do retreats, you have some other offerings coming up that haven't quite been announced yet. So where can people find you and connect with you and hear and learn about all your offerings? Thanks for asking. Well, first, as we're starting to wrap up, I want to say it's it's similar to how we started our talk today, our conversation. I feel teared up over here. So beautiful for me to get to witness you sharing with all these beautiful people that get to hear us and you following the courage to start Divinity Unbridled and allow your soul to guide. It's really cool to be witness to you and get to sit here and have this conversation now all these beautiful people that are listening get to receive you and me and whoever you call into your your field of possibilities and play so thank you for having me thank you yeah and as far as people finding out about me i i do private programs as you know you work with me as a private client Um, i have a six-month group that i lead once a year that starts again in november of 2020 i have an ohi retreat that is amazing and delicious and wonderful that's coming up in uh, July of this year, so July 30th through August 2nd, 2020. And that's a really lovely entry point if someone is, is sort of curious but not quite sure that yes, what they're looking for. It's, it's an amazing kind of dip your toe in the It is. It is. Pool. Exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a 4-day, 3-night retreat, lodging, private chef, and I take whoever is in the circle that comes in it's a beautiful intimate group of about max 22 people and it's a the retreat the theme is this is me and nourishing your self-expression so it's a pathway it's a journey home to a lot of what we talked about today a lot of those pieces of how to take the idea and the concepts of self-love self-care being ourselves being true to ourselves our true nature and really bring it into a felt sense of what that actually means for you so that's a possibility that people could Come into I would love it if you if you want to join and so the best way to connect with me would be to email me and I love to set up conversations with people if someone's interested in connecting more and seeing what's possible I offer a no strings attached call 45 minutes to an hour somewhere in that range it's not a coaching call because we don't have an agreement yet of coaching but what it is is a conversation of really seeing where you're at currently at the moment what's not working so well what it is you really want, that question that we talked about. And it's okay if you don't know what you want. You don't have to know what you want in order to have a conversation because sometimes (laughs) it's, I don't know what I want, but the vision is I want to know what I want. I want to know that. That's a lot of times what comes through. And then I can share more uh, directly of what I see as being possible for for you if you are interested in connecting more with me. And there's no, no attachment to outcome. I like to have those calls as a next step for someone that's interested in working with me because I feel like, as saying before, 
each person so individual and I want to make sure there's a resonance for that person for you if you're listening to this and you're interested and uh, and also feeling like there's a there's a direct contact so that's the best way would be the first step would be to email me and then we can set up that conversation and time to connect and see what's possible and what is your email and we'll also oh, link okay. it in the Great. show notes so it's melanie at melanieelkin.com Okay. Well, and you'll, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll link the website okay. in the show notes in addition Beautiful. to the two blog posts that we talked about. Yes. And also you could go to my website too. There's more information on there. MelanieElkin.com is also, uh, is also some resource you can, and I have tons of blogs on there and lots of inspiring, inspirational writing that I've done over the years. So that would be the next step. And I'll say also that I am going to start a leadership program starting in May of this year. So if that's something that piques your interest too, that's something that we can connect on. And that's getting officially launched to the public in a month, yet I'm starting to already Sneak peek. have, yeah, I'm already starting to have conversations with people about it. And I'm really excited about that. That's going to be for entrepreneurs, coaches, leaders, yoga teachers, teachers, therapists, people that are in any position of leadership in some way that want to essentially be themselves while they're leading. And they don't want to, they don't fit the regular, the quote unquote normalized boxes. They don't fit in that box anymore, but they don't know necessarily how to transition from that box of their industry into really essentially being themselves. I'm super stoked about it. I've already been doing this work really for so many years with my clients. Right. This is now just naming it as that. Yeah. And, and, and my own development of expression of like, okay, I can claim this. This yeah. is, this is real. I love it. Yeah. I'm so excited and thank, thank you, you so much for being here. Thank you so much. This is beautiful with you. Mwah. Love you. Love you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Divinity Unbridled. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to be inspired through writing, speaking, and art, please follow me at Divinity Unbridled on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, and subscribe to my newsletter at divinityunbridled.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.